Welcome to Lipstick and Lunch, a podcast series dedicated to the business of beauty, fashion, and retail. Hi, I'm Donna Tarantino, and I'm here with co-host Michelle Williams, and welcome. Join us as we share conversations with industry leaders, movers and shakers, disruptors, and innovators. We'll share all kinds of industry news, market insights and trends, as well as share tips and advice from the real experts. This is Lipstick and Lunch. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Lipstick and Lunch. Um, Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Mary Brunetti, who is a professional hairstylist, um, a friend, and just an amazing person when you hear about her background and what she continues to do in the professional beauty business. She was the first woman named hairstylist, hairstylist of the year by Naha. She um, is uh, currently the director of education, I believe, with, still right, Mary with Sally yep. Hershberger. Sally she Hershberger, has, New York City. Yeah, yep. um, has worked with many, many celebrities and also has her own salon in um, the Hampton, Hamptons MB Salon. So, Mary, welcome. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for having me. Uh, and, so, and that's the Mary Brunetti Salon. Um, MB is the logo. You got that right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Mary, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know I, I've given you an introduction and I basically have given you a very short introduction because you have numerous accolades and so much experience in this business. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I've been in the industry now as a hairstylist for the past 48 years, which is kind of hard to believe when those words oh. come out of my mouth. But um, I have enjoyed every minute of it. I've been everything from starting out as a salon stylist. Then I went into freelance work here in New York, meaning I was just doing hair for fashion magazines and catalogs. Then I went to work for the Ricky Lake Show as Ricky's personal hairdresser. And in the time I worked with Ricky, I also became an educator on the weekends with Trevor Sorby's artistic team. And from there, I've done everything from, I've done Broadway with Bette Midler, being her personal hairstylist. Um, as you said, there were many celebrities. I've tried to back off with that now because uh, something's got to give. I've been with Sally Hershberger now for 17 years. And yes, I have my, so, and I have my own salon in the Hamptons. So I am a salon owner, but I'm also a salon employee with Sally Hershberger. So I see both sides of the fence there. I know arguments on both sides. Um, Like I said, I've done Fashion Week and Broadway. I've really touched just about every area of the industry um, that's available to a hairstylist. So now I've settled more into passing on my knowledge and uh, education to younger stylists to um, help make them world-class because that's what it's about giving back for me. It's about giving back at this point, Donna. Which is, which leads us to my first question. I think what you've done through COVID. um, And if I remember correctly, I met you in Long Island for a meeting right before COVID. Yes. And you were opening your salon or redoing your salon in the Hamptons and yep. then yep. then COVID hits. You have to close the salon. Again. Again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it changed many things in the business. And what I thought was interesting um, was how you reinvented yourself 
through this. Um, the salon is closed. What, what do you do? And you created a virtual masterclass. Yes. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. So uh, what I decided to do, because like many known hairdressers have done, um, they have membership type of um, websites where you, you pay a certain amount of money a month as a subscription and you get ongoing education. So I wasn't quite sure I wanted to do that because that sounded like an awful lot of work to me because then you have to keep creating content. What I wanted to do was what most people, uh, what most hairstylists that were flying into New York for special classes, they just wanted to know, hey, what's happening here in New York City that's fresh, hot off the presses so we could bring it back to our salons. So what I decided to do was, um, a masterclass, which were five different looks that you buy it once and you have lifetime access to it digitally and um, and then keep recreating. So every time I wanted to do a new collection, I could then just put out the collection. And again, you buy it or you don't buy it and you own it, but there is no subscription. So it's kind of like a one and done deal where I'm just selling these different packages of tutorials that include razor cutting, hair cutting and hairstyling, men, women, short hair, long hair. And it really took off. I mean, it, it's fantastic. It's one of the, the best and smartest things I've ever done. So you're giving the, the stylist um, basics, but also um, giving them collections on how to um, cut certain hairstyles or better the customer experience. So yeah. as, so how has this evolved your business? Because now you have the business with Sally Hirschberger in, in New York, you have your own salon and now you have your master classes. How has that evolved your business and how has it helped with the customer experience? Well, as far as, the, first of all, it's a great experience because um, for my administrator who is following the algorithms and, and putting the tutorial out at different times of the day to all the English speaking countries, you can literally make money while you sleep. That's not a bad thing. Because no. for me, it was always traveling here and there and working for different product companies, being on main stages, having to get up at four in the morning, get my models ready. And this way you could just sign on. And I call this one, I called my first collection fearless because I realized many hairdressers had a fear of short hair. So when I would travel around, I would say to the people that I was training one-on-one, -on -one, um, what's your biggest fear? Well, my biggest fear is a client coming in and showing me a picture that I didn't know how to execute. So what did you do? You know what they say? And this is the honest to God truth. They talked them out of it. So I called my first collection fearless and the experience is you watch me do the haircut. I break it down in sections digitally. So you can watch the front, the back, the sides, and I explain it. And also with that bundle, you get um, my, um, my podcast, you get my eBooks. And one of the eBooks is all about customer service. So I, I because for Sally Hirschberger and myself, I just don't train hairdressers how to execute hair. I also train them how to think right about conducting yourself is around your station that's your business how you manage your chair so it really has enhanced the customer service part of the business because that's a huge part of what we do is customer service well and to your point i think when we sit in um in a stylist chair 
we think all they're going to do or or we don't even think about the other things that they have to that that they have to learn or they have to execute we think well they're just going to cut and style my hair and off we go but there's that relationship right yes Portland. and if you yes more importantly you know i have seen this many times over um, a stylist that isn't that well-versed in hair, in other words, like they have a smaller repertoire, they know three or four different ways to cut hair, and um, but they have a big personality, right? Mm -hmm. And in a, lot of, in a lot of ways, that personality, people feel comfortable with that person, and they're okay with their hair, um, and they keep coming back more and more and more because they just fall in love with the stylist and the stylist does a decent job. And here's the thing, when, a, when the consumer has a frame of reference for um, a, just a decent haircut or a great haircut, um, then they're gonna, they're gonna lean more towards the hairdresser that, goes in, that um, pursues advanced education and ongoing education because the other kind of hairdresser can kind of put you in the box and never recommend change. And people want, even if they say no, they like to be recommended. You have to suggest change. Otherwise, one day I tell the stylist all the time, you're going to be in a restaurant and you're going to see Mrs. Smith, who's been coming to you for 10 years with a whole different hairstyle that you didn't do. Why? Because maybe she saw something on somebody else, asked where that person had it done and went for the change. So you just have to be ready for all that. So I think in every way, these tutorials, um, you know, if you're not going to get yourself, fly yourself to a place to get the advanced education, have to pay for the airfare and the hotel and the class as well. Buying a tutorial package makes it easy. And you could always go back to one of the individual lo looks that you're learning. Oh, wait, how did you do the side again? How did you do the top again? So if you got that great personality and you need more, online is the way to get it now and step by step. Well, and then you can, you can watch it, but you can stop it and go back to it. Yes, yes. Because what'll happen is if you're just watching or you go to, let's say, a trade show and you're watching a known hairdresser do something, you know, a new technique or a new style, there's only so much you're going to retain because then you're going to try it and you're going to say, wait, what did he or she do when they got to the sides? Or You know what I'm saying? So yes, mm -hmm. this is stop action. See it again. You can practice it on a mannequin, on your sister, on your brother, you know, your spouse, your significant other, you know? So yes, I think in every way, um, I'm, I'm kind of glad this happened. And for me, after 48 years, this would be a wonderful way for me to sort of transition. I don't want to say out of the industry because with all I've done and wonderful accomplishments that, you know, were just a blessing, God's blessing on my life, I feel. Um, I don't want to just completely go away, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can't, but, you know, I think that a teacher's heart is that the student should surpass the teacher. So the people I train now, I just love what, I mean, so Fatima Amphi, a, a dear friend of mine in Minneapolis, um, she just got a lifetime achievement award. She was on my artistic team when oh, I was- Oh, I didn't know that. Director. Yes, okay. she was on my artistic team for Intercoiffure and- um, you know, so I, I had a hand in her training and mentoring. So there there's one of my students just just got a lifetime achievement award. That's so it really awesome. makes you feel older. But wow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, for the Midwest. So good for her. And like I said, I just love to hear about my students now. Um, 
making these strides in the industry that are just groundbreaking in many ways. That's awesome. And how many, how many master classes do you have now? Well, just the one, because um, we actually started shooting this right before the lockdown. Like we kind of saw the handwriting on the wall that it was coming. Then COVID hit. And of course, you're not going to get models. I didn't want to shoot another one with masked models because I don't want to remind everybody of this place in time. And it's kind of hard to work around a model with a mask. And so uh, right now I'm uh, going into production for the second round, but these have been out there and selling. I mean, you think about the, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of hairdressers. So it keeps going out on Facebook and Instagram, uh, the promotional, um, you know, where you can hit learn more and then it takes them kind of to my site. So, you know, it's out there and it just keeps selling because, you know, different hairdressers see it at different times of the day or night. So I've done so well with it up until now that, um, yes, I am uh, thinking right now to do this was a shorter hair collection, and now I want to do a longer hair kind of shaggy look, um, looser, freer kind of cuts. So to be continued. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So yes. the, the salons are open now, kind of back to normal. Well, I'm going to say the new normal. What is that like? It's been the Wild West. I can't even explain it. Um, it's a It's a very stressful time for salon owners right now. Because the clients are coming in and they have very strong opinions, mm-hmm. as you would, about, you know, to mask, not to mask, to vaccinate, to not vaccinate. <laughs> you know, in, in New York, I can't mandate to my stylists um, that they have to have a vaccine. But I can tell them, you don't, uh, you know, I can't force you to do that. It's your life, but you must wear a mask. So I have people um, actually coming in, clients that one of them literally asked one of the stylists if she was vac- vaccinated. Now, this is a young girl who plans on having a family. She had her mask on. She said no. And the woman literally yelled across the salon, are you stupid? This is science. So it's like, be nice. Everybody needs to respect everybody's point of view. As a salon owner, I'm trying to protect my staff members and my customers, you know, and my clients in the salon and everybody just has to be nice and and respect. And then uh, the other day I got a text from a client slash friend who said that they couldn't believe they walked into my salon and saw that I was making the hairdressers again, wear masks. So she was livid. She said, you're not reading up on what's really happening. They don't have to be masked. And she was horrified and had to vent. And I said, please just respect my decision as a business owner to try to do the right thing. Cause I would rather have them masked and offend some people that don't believe in masks or have people run out the door because they're not masked. So it's a juggling time right now. And, you know, trying to keep everybody happy isn't easy. No. And, you know, I've experienced as, as a client in the chair, the stylist that the local stylist here that I go to in Minneapolis, she's lost clients because of, um, you know, asking people to mask. Uh, and, um, she's like, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm trying to be mindful of my, my staff and my clients, you know, know? and and that's crazy. And, you know, I think hairdressers out there, um, makeup artists, everybody has to know 
you are going to offend somebody. And what I just said to one of my stylists today who was upset by somebody who said that they wouldn't be coming back to her because she wasn't vaccinated. I just say, you know, just like religion and politics, and I always train people, stay away from those topics if you can, um, because people do have strong opinions. And, you know, you can listen to what somebody's saying, but, you know, if you're going to have a strong opinion right back, you know, then you're telling somebody, draw your sword, you know, get your shield exactly. up or something. Exactly. So now I tell them it's the same thing with COVID. Just try to steer the conversation to their hair. That's what they're... You know, exactly. mask, not mask, <laughs> vaccinating, not, just, let's talk about your hair. What can I do to make you happy? What can I do to get you from what you have to what you want in the hour that we're together or the 45 minutes that we're together? And let's talk about that and our options. That could fill up a half hour appointment or a 45 minute appointment or, you know, and then if you want to talk about the latest movie you saw or Netflix series. Right. Because the Netflix series seems to spark somebody. Everybody's <laughs> watching some of them or one of them or all of them. So that keeps them in a longer, funnier, more relaxed conversation. That's funny. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, the conversations I have with my stylists are, uh, they are on Netflix as a matter yes, of fact. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I watched, I binged, I mean, during COVID. Yes. Once my salon closed down we had nothing else to do but go for walks and um you know and binge on all these series so yeah it's been it's been a trip <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> so now that your salon's opening um what are guests looking for now you know they've spent what an, a year and a half or longer in their house right they they uh did some DIY coloring maybe or haircutting, well, which is scary. Yeah. yeah, we're doing a lot of corrective color, that's for sure. And a lot of layer cuts because we have to cut off that box color. Right. <laughs> it's hard to, for us to cover over box color. But, um, you know, the trends right now um, are freer moving, uh, lots and lots of um shaggy layers but in a cool way in a very very cool way and the finishing is a little looser what i did find it gave a lot of women the opportunity to see what they looked like when their gray came in three months ah. four months five months some of them have a, a handful of them but enough that it made a difference that i've really noticed and um spoken to a lot of people about letting their gray grow out completely and when a woman's gray looks beautiful um it is just so age appropriate and with the right haircut. So it still keeps, I'm not saying to wear a granny bun, but with the right haircut that really emphasizes the, the texture you see in salt and pepper. Um, it's really been fun, you know, working on that kind of hair too. So I see that I've been seeing that, you know, more than I would have thought. So, yeah, I'm going to say we're doing a lot of corrective color, a lot of layering to get old color off and, um, yeah, it's been, I, and here's another thing I'm noticing. People want to come and leave where they used to linger a little bit more, have coffee. I think people are still a little uncomfortable mm. being in a salon environment. So they want to get what they have done, done, and then they want to get out. They're not hanging around to speak to their friend who just walked in or, you know, but um, 
business is good. I'm going to say, well, especially on the east end of Long Island, because what happened to us here was the people who left Manhattan in droves when uh, the lockdown happened and they started coming to their secondary homes out here in the Hamptons. And now they've made their prime their primary homes their Hampton homes. And then they only have to go in for business once or twice a week, like myself when I. Right. Go right. So, yeah. So my business actually benefited from the uh the people moving out here and now there's bidding wars for houses the real estate my realtor clients have grins like ear to ear yeah because they're making money they're making a lot more money than they would have pre-covid yeah oh, like i said there's bidding wars it's amazing yeah. what it did to the market you know so how has it affected on the other end you mentioned um people leaving new york city in droves um, and, you know, we've seen that across the across the United States, especially the cities, people are moving out. How has it affected your business in New York now well, that, that people have yeah. moved out? That's interesting, too. I'll tell you what I know did happen in Manhattan. Um, a lot of the hairstylists, uh, while we were on lockdown, some of them decided to mask up and, you know, go see their clients uh, in their apartments. And... Um, and I think it deterred a lot of them from actually coming back and working in a salon because at mm. that point, if they're going house to house or, if you will, apartment to apartment and they're getting cash maybe and putting it you know, right in their pocket, then they're saying, well, why do I have to go back to the salon and, and bang out 10 haircuts a day or 10 heads of color when I could just do a fraction of that and not have to split the commission? You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yeah, so yes, New York, it's going to take a while for some major cities as well as New York to come back. I think those stylists will eventually come back to the salon because there's just something about the camaraderie, the teamwork, the sharing of artistic ideas, you know, the motivation that we get from one another when we work in a salon environment as a team. So it will come back, but it will take time. Are you still doing platform work? I mean, are the trade shows still the uh, same? Nah, no, not really. Okay. And, you know, a lot of these big manufacturers uh, don't even have the money for that because the big venues, it costs them so much, much money, to, yes. yeah, to be part of those trade shows. So, um, you know, a lot of there's a lot of uh, just a lot of online work. I do think that um, the major companies will still have their big seminars like the once mm -hmm. or twice a year, you know, for the people who um, who buy their products like Paul Mitchell will have their, um, you know, big bash once a year and all the people who you know, support Paul Mitchell and sell Paul Mitchell or Aveda in their salons or Redken, whatever it is, you know, right, they, right. They, have, they have those shows for their specific customers with right. their uh, platform artists. But um, I won't look to be doing any of that. Like I said, for me, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. So yeah, it's the whole way uh, educators um, and hairstylists get educated by educators, educators like myself, that's all changing. It's all changing. So Mary, in cl closing, um, any advice for any young stylists out there um, or those aspiring to be a stylist? Um, I would look for the education online that suits you, suits your marketplace. Everybody has a different way of teaching, way of sharing. It's like me, I'm an equestrian and I actually, you know, I have a horse that I'm showing now in dressage. I mm -hmm. work with two different trainers because they... 
because one will work on my classic writing and styling. The other one will push me more to move up the levels with very advanced movements on my horse. So it's the same thing I can equate to um, hairstylists. Look for the people who speak to you and the people who will push you a little more, but that can break it down in a way that you'll understand and just go out there and enjoy the journey. You know, don't be that person that said, that tries to talk the client out of something. Look for those um, tutorials online that'll enhance the chair exp experience for both you and your client. I mean, that's great advice. And I'd have to say that, you know, um, through, I mean, we, we both have um, careers in the beauty business, obviously a different way, but it, the journey has been amazing. And we, and I feel very blessed to go on the journey, but to your point, it's a matter of, you know, keeping an open mind as you start and really learning the craft and continuing Yes, and never stop learning. Look, the classes that I teach for Sally and with my stylist here, and, you know, I still do some outside education. You know, sometimes I'll see one of these, I call them kids, they're kids to me, one of these young stylists that will take a technique that I showed them and give it their own twist because I tell them, do you, don't do me. Take what right. I taught you, do you. And I'll look and I'll say, show me that again. So, you know, even after 48 years, I'm still a sponge that wanted, wants to absorb everything. So yes, just get out there, get fed and, you know, stay happy. And it's a process, but enjoy the journey. Life's a trip. Enjoy yeah. the journey. <laughs> it is a trip. <laughs> well, uh, we're, I mean, this was a quick um, uh 25 minutes here. Um, and I want to thank you. I mean, we could talk forever about this business. I'm always fascinated on the things that you're doing. And I, I, I learn a lot of different things about the industry when I talk to people like you and it, and it's fun and it's interesting. Um, and thank you so much, Mary, for joining us today. And let me just give everybody the website they can go to. Yes. So it's marybrunettieducation.com. Brunetti is B, like boy, R-U-N-E-T-T-I. So it's marybrunettieducation.com. You can go there and see my bio. And, uh, and then it's the Mary Brunetti Salon in West Hampton Beach, New York. So that's marybrunettisalon.com. So thank you, Donna. This has been fun. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. And again, there's a lot of information on Mary's website about her, her master classes and Gosh, if you want to um, experience Mary as a customer in her chair, um, check out her website. Mary, thank you. As always, it's a pleasure speaking with you, and I know we'll speak again soon. So thank you. And the pleasure's all mine. Thank you, Donna. Have a great day. You too. Bye, everyone. Well, that's this week's episode of the Lipstick and Lunch podcast brought to you by Anchor. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thanks for tuning in.